You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Awesome. Today's going to be great. Um, if you have a Bible, go on the right-hand side. I know everybody uses their phones these days. I still go old school. Most men carry a black Bible. I carry a red one. It's just because I like to be different. Similarity creates different comfort, but different creates rewards. So we won't speak on that today, but that'll be good. And thank you guys, worship team. I'm solid for here just a little bit. I'm all good. Thank you guys very, very much. Thank you for hanging out. Over. Awesome. What a privilege it is to be here. You say, who are you? I am a dad of a 10-year-old little girl. They said we couldn't have a child because my wife has a mechanical heart valve. And so we decided to have a child. The doctor said it's physically impossible, so we decided to do the impossible and believe God. And so I am a dad. That's my coolest thing I got on going for me. So I'm going to fly my booty home after today, and I got to speak at 7 in the morning tomorrow for a business, but then right after that, I'm going to take my little girl to school, and that's my little claim to fame, and I'm a husband. I love being a husband to a woman I'm passionately in love with after 13 years, and uh, I don't like her. I love her. I'm into her, and we hold hands all the time and make out, and it's crazy and gross at the same time. And you say, why do you do that? Because our relationship's about creation, not about conflict. And let me say this, when, uh, when you exchange your expectations for appreciation, all your suffering in relationships stops. I know this isn't part of my message, but I want to say this is a really good thought. When you exchange your, and trade in your expectations for appreciation, all your suffering stops. When I suffer in my relationship, it's because my expectation's higher than my appreciation. And then I grade that person based on how well they're performing with me. And as long as I'm grading them, I can't love them. I have to use them. I'm going to be a little cautious because this is not my message. So. But anyways, let's keep going on. I'm a husband. Rex, stay in your zone. You're going to like today, not love it. Hebrews chapter 11, it goes a little something like this, verse 32 to 34. What more should I say? Time would fail to tell of a guy by the name of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith they conquered kingdoms. I love this. Someone say, through faith. faith. Say it like you got energy. Say, through faith. faith. Okay, powerful. They conquered kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained what was promised for their life. Wouldn't that be awesome to actually obtain what's ordered for your life? Come on, remember as a kid you had all kinds of promise? You chased the ice cream truck without any money? Come on, if you was Poe like me, you didn't have Nikes, you had Mikeys on and you were still running? Come on, you didn't have Levi's, you had Levo's? <laughs> We were lower income, just not lower class. Come on, somebody. There was promise I was going to get the big stick with no money. <laughs> it says, through faith they obtained what was promised. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of a fire. They escaped the edge of a sword. Their weaknesses were turned to strength. Someone say, by faith. By faith. Say, like you got energy, say, by faith. By faith. My weaknesses are being turned to strength. Slap the person next to you, pretend you're in Black People Church, and say, your weaknesses are being turned to strength. You say, can you say that up there? Yeah, because I'm pink. I ain't even white. I can just fit in. I'm all good. It says this, they became powerful in battle, and they conquered their enemies. This is going to, you're going to like this. There was a classroom teacher by the name of Miss Lyons. She was teaching her kids on evolution. And so she had little Chad go outside the door and report what he saw. She asked him some questions, said, hey, Chad, do you see the grass? He goes, yeah, I see the grass. Do you see any birds? And he goes, yeah, I spotted a bird, Miss Lyons, in the tree. She's telling me to report in this class. Do you see the sky? Yes, I see the sky. What color is it? It's blue. Okay, do you see God? No, I don't see God. Class, I'm teaching you that because you can't see him. God does not exist. She's teaching this to seven-year-olds. Little Alicia, she's got a little energy, got ants in her pants, seven years old. Come on. 
like some of your kids and some of you when you were seven. She goes, Miss Lyons, I want to talk. And she kept saying to put her hand down. She goes, no, 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 I want to talk. So, okay, Alicia, what do you want to say? I want to ask Chad some questions too. Okay. So, Chad, did you sure you saw the grass? Yeah. Did you sure you saw the bird? Yeah. Are you sure you saw the sky? Yes. Come in the classroom. Do you see Mrs. Lyons? Yes. Do you see her brain? No. Well, class then, according to Mrs. Lyons, she doesn't have a brain because what you see is not all there is. I'm going to talk about faith. Jesus told all of us to have the faith of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's an evidence of things not seen. Faith by nature challenges your intellect because it lives from the invisible to the visible. You know your mind is getting renewed, then what looks, what looks impossible starts to become looking logical. Let me say that again. You know your mind starts to think a lot more renewed like God thinks when the impossible starts to look logical. When then somebody says, I got stage four cancer, you don't freak out. You're like, what an opportunity for God. When I had an NFL player recently call me and say, hey, I just got a diagnosis. My daughter has cystic fibrosis. And I go, oh, but what are you going to diagnose her with? And he said, at first, I was a little bit bothered by your question to me. And I said, well, I guarantee your daughter inside of your wife's room right now, if she could pop out of there, would beg you, Daddy, please don't agree with their diagnosis or else you're going to treat me like a disease rather than a destiny. You'll treat me like something you have to take care of rather than the gift that I'm, uh, God made me to be, and you'll treat her like misery and rather than a miracle. Without faith, it's possible to please God. Jesus said when he comes, he's looking for church attendance. No, it's good we be together because there's power in being together. Come on. Two are better than one. You multiply your resources emotionally, financially, relationally. When you're down, somebody can lift you up. And when you're lifted up, look for someone that's down. Be your brother and sister's keeper. There's power in that. What is he looking for? Is he looking for all the, just you just sing a number of songs, whether it's super high pitch or low pitch? No, no. He's looking for what you do if you have any faith. Come on, this is going to be really, really good today. A faith that turns your weakness to strength. All the people we mentioned a minute ago, they did powerful things on the planet, but they were shaky people. You've ever heard me say this, God takes shaky people and gives them sturdy projects. That means you're qualified. God knows your frame. He knows you're a little weird. About three of you lifted your hands. All the rest of you are liars. He knows you got weakness. He knows your thoughts sometimes are a little bit off. But yet God still puts demands on your potential that you'll not live acclimated to the times you're living and live reactive to the, what things are going on around you. But you'll live from within, not trying to live by based on what's happening around He places demands for you to use your faith because the scripture says faith can change your finances. Told Isaac, he gave him a word. The word of God is the basis of your faith. Go sow seed in a time of famine. He sowed when he didn't want to or think it was good and he reaped a hundredfold, Genesis 26 says. Faith can change your health. Over and over, Jesus came to people, your faith healed you. Your faith healed you. Go read it. Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 14, John chapter 5, John chapter 9. Your faith. I've read the Bible a couple times. Your faith. It was God's power, but your faith tapped into it. Electricity was always going around, but man had to find a way to discover it and utilize it so he could warm up water, so he could turn on the lights. Come on, somebody. It was already God's power in the world, but man had to find a way to tap into it. Your faith is the vehicle that taps in to the miracles and the flow that God has over your life. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, though you, somebody touched me, and everyone was touching him. I felt a different kind of touch. See what's going to come out of you in the next couple months is a different kind of touch, not a passive touch. I bet people are like, who am I going to put my hand in there and see what happens? I'm going to touch Jesus' robe. Come on, somebody. People are tracking him down. There's a throng. But a woman touched him with intention and touched him with faith. 
He said, who touched me? And Peter goes, he was cussing too. Peter, he's a cusser. (laughs) Study the Bible. Jesus never told him to quit either. But he got sanctified. Come on, he didn't stay there. Come on, there's hope for y'all. Come on. Look at Jesus' posse. He's got, come on, doubting Thomas that needs Xanax every three hours. He's got stealing Judas that's healing people and stealing their Louis Vuittons. Come on, somebody. You got Zacchaeus wants to climb up freaking trees. He thinks he's adventure, man. Come on. Shaky people. Said somebody's faith activated healing, faith today in God, faith in the work of Jesus' atoning sacrifice. The Bible says many are sick because they don't recognize what his body did. They recognize his blood, but they don't recognize his body. So they don't ever teach us about that his body was whipped 39 times, that they put him in front, and one by one for hours they would take a reed and punch him in the face till he was completely skinless and beat him and spit on him so you could have mental, emotional, and physical healing in your body. Somebody ought to claim that. Well, when we get to heaven, we're going to, Jesus said, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. I don't know what religion warped your mind. Religion teaches when you get to heaven, you weren't even made for heaven. The Bible didn't say sin separated you from heaven. It said it separated you from glory. Can I go there for a minute? What is glory? The potential of God. You became a sin man governed by sin and death. That's why Jesus came to recover what was lost, the glory of God in your life, that when you receive him, he puts the Holy Spirit, the spirit of glory back in you, that you can have heaven begin to work on the inside of your heart, work in your mind, so that this world looks like that one. That's powerful. That's why he says be transformed. Metamorphosu. Pop out. You got like two capabilities. One's a caterpillar, one's a butterfly. Depending on which one either flies or if it dies a bug or one becomes beautiful if it has to break out of the cocoon. You become transformed or break out of the cocoon by a renewing of your mind so you can prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. This is good. Teach and watch out. Faith gets activated when I decide to believe. Come on. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. How many believe that? He said, if you can believe, you can see the glory of God. Beliefs guide all your engagements. They determine your generosity of time, your talent, your energy. They determine how you engage with someone. If you don't believe that much value, how many know you're not going to invest too much in them? Beliefs start to set the stage of your expectations. I don't know if some of you came in here today, you're like, man, I'm just going to go to church. Come on, I'm going to go get church. I'm just going to go to church. Some of you came in here today and go, man, I expect God to meet me here today. Something's shifting, something big. you got a different energy about you. Come on. you got a faith inside you that, that you begin to believe something big could happen for your life. Man, I don't know about you. The more time I spend in the Bible and spend in the Word of God, all of a sudden I find faith beginning to arise and my expectations increase and God meets me at the level of my expectation. This is powerful in one of our Awaken campuses. One of ours. I'm just a guy who comes and speaks, but whatever. I'm family. I'll do a different one. I was at a speaking in Malibu, California, and I went to go up to speak, and I only said one word, Matthew 4, 17. I said, change your mind, repent, because God's kingdom, his world, is at hand. It's within reach. And a man screamed out of the very back of the room. His name was Bob. And he goes, I want what you have. True story. Interrupted the whole meeting. People were like, sir, you need to really behave. No, I want what you have. I could not see. It's a true story. Freaking Bob had like, I don't want to call him freaking Bob, but Bob. God gave you a personality. Use it. So I go, okay, come down. I was like, the price is right. Come on down. I couldn't see Bob had a brace from the top of his neck all the way to the lower part of his spine. And it took him forever. It took like two minutes. So could you imagine you're sitting at the front in front of all these people, like 600 people, 800 people, whatever it was, and he takes it forever to like walk. And it was like a long time. And like in front of people, you're trying to keep it together. But then like, what am I going to do when he comes? 
And he goes, I'm deaf in this ear, and I'm this. But you said that there's God's worlds within reach. I believe you. I want it. Religion would have said, brother, sit down. If the Lord wants to, he will heal you. So honestly, I'm just telling you the raw truth here for a minute. I don't usually share the story. I said, well, then I probably owe you a show and tell message. Jesus said in John 10, 37, if I don't do the works of my father, don't believe the words that I tell you. So I say, come here. And people are all looking around. I'm like, what's he going to do? And I said, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, help him. And then all of a sudden, I just put my hand on his shoulder. And bam, he went down like on his knees. And I was nervous because my dad's had back surgery. And that could be very, very painful. He had screws and things that happened to his back. Very, very painful. And I didn't know the extent of it. He went down on the ground. And I continued to speak and out loud so everybody could hear in the building. You heard pop, pop, pop. And this man started screaming, ah. I didn't know what to do. If I do like an exorcism, I'm like, or call Dr. Phil. I'm in front of people like, oh my gosh, I did not plan this. This isn't in my notes. This wasn't my three-point sermon. This was not in Leviticus 18. Oh, you won't find this at the Mormon church or at the mosque, but you might find it in a Jesus church. You talk like this all the time? Absolutely. I did a thing with Deepak Chopra's people, the whole New Age world. I do stuff with them all the time. Do the Jesus style. You put me at Eddie Murphy's house, the Jesus style. When I went to, I won't tell his name, but I went to this guy's house, Death Row Records, bad dudes, man. The Jesus style. People get healed. Bam, bam, bam. Why not? If the world could talk you into sickness and depression, why can't we talk people into God's healing? Your voice is your sword. Sit down. Watch how powerful. Like all, you are in Nigeria. Sit down. They don't say anything with any compassion. Sit down now. It's true. You think they're mad and they're not even mad. You will sit down. You will give an offering now. Why do you look confused? You will give now. It's true. That's the way they operate. So he pops and he starts screaming. He stands up and he takes his own brace off and he starts screaming. And then he comes and gives me a hug and he kisses the side of my face and he goes, ah, something else happened. He pops away his own deaf ear. Nobody had prayed for the guy. His deaf ear pops open in a moment. He goes, I've been gay. I've been this. I've been that. But there's, 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 there's grace here. What unlocked all that? That whole meeting took off. One after the one. Deaf people, deaf kids since birth. One, 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 one. One man with faith, all of a sudden he decided to believe and expect and he put a demand on something to happen and things shift. You find in your life the atmosphere shifts when you get a little bit more desperate or hungry. The atmosphere in Africa when you're on the plane, an African lion is lazy 18 hours a day. But when he gets hungry, the whole atmosphere of the jungle changes. He becomes the leader of the jungle when he gets hungry. The atmosphere of your life, your family, your home, your community, it shifts when one person gets a little bit more hungry than they currently are. And they go from believing to expecting, from believing to expecting. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Pastor friend of mine knows he had a girl that worked for his, like, uh, guy that I know. He, he worked for his, uh, like, children's department. And she would go in the planning meetings every year for the whole year. They'd plan out the year. And this time, you know, she'd been trying to have a kid for 10 years. No success. She says to him and all the people in the meeting, she goes, you know, I'm going to need some time off this year because when I have my baby, then, you know, I'm going to need some time off. Can we get someone to fill in? And he was perplexed, like, no one told me she's pregnant. What's going on with that? So after it was all done, he asked some of the other staff, hey, is so-and-so pregnant? Is so-and-so pregnant? No, no, no. She just says, well, she just keeps speaking like it's going to happen. 
She kept doing it twice a year in these planning meetings. One year, two years. It got to 10 years. She kept doing the same thing, same speech. People are like, you need to get over it. You're in your middle 50s. Come on. Been trying to have a child for 20 years. And she kept saying, well, when it happens, when it happens, when it happens, and I'm going to need time off, when it happens. She went as far as creating a baby room and every year updating it because she kept saying, well, when it happens, then i got to be prepared. When it happens, I'm, not if it happens, but when it happens, I need to be. See, your challenge is don't let what you see and feel talk you out of what God said. Don't let what you see talk you out of what God said. Let me say that one more time. That's really good. Don't let what you see and feel. We don't walk called to walk by feelings. Your feelings are fickle. You can feel angry, happy, depressed, horny, and, de- and a moody all in about a minute. Come on, somebody. You all like that because I say horny. You all got here one way or another. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to go any further with it because that puts too many crazy thoughts in my head. Someone say believe. But then also there comes a part in your faith where I'm not just going to believe anymore. I'm going to receive. I'm going to get a little aggressive in things. People that I've received, seen receive healings and miracles and breakthroughs financially, they got aggressive, especially aggressive in their giving. Oh, this is where you come after their money. I don't need your freaking money. I got my own money. Because God's my source, not my job. Watch. He gives you the ability to get wealth. doesn't provide wealth. If you're waiting on wealth but not willing to do the work, then you're going to be disillusioned. Give your faith a life and start working. Desire without diligence leads to disillusionment. Ooh, what's a miracle? Let me just throw it. What's a miracle? A process of God that you worked that God sped up the process. That means you join God in a process by working a process he's already anointed. When you plow a seed, you sow seed, you water seed, you reap a harvest. Many of you haven't seen a miracle. You think, well, maybe one day I'll get a miracle, or maybe it'll just pop out of the sky. If you join God in what he's doing, miracles will start to follow your life down. Watch how powerful. Isaiah 32, 8, I was reading this about 4 a.m. this morning in my hotel while it was snowing and so beautiful here. It says, a generous man, he plans generous things, and by his generosity, he stands. Louis Anderson, the famous actor that just passed a couple weeks ago. Louis Anderson, he was trying to get his career off the ground, and he was in the middle of a restaurant in the Midwest. He's from the Midwest. And Eddie Murphy walked in one night, and he saw him and his guys walk in, and they sat down. And he was like, oh, man, what an opportunity. I'd love to have a career like that. I'd love to have, like, opportunity like that. So he went to the manager of the restaurant and said, I'd like to pay for that man's meal. He goes, do you know him? He goes, no, I'm sure this happens for him everywhere he goes. But one day I'd like to be a part or do something great like Eddie Murphy as a comedian. So he says, I'd like to buy that man's meal. Don't tell him my name. Don't tell him my number. He was a regular there. So he left without anything. The next day he gets a call from a number he wasn't expecting. He picked it up. It was Eddie Murphy. He goes, hey, are you, are you the guy that, you the guy, you, you the guy that paid for my meal? And he goes, yeah, I am. He goes, you know that you're the very first person ever in my whole entire life to ever pay for my meal? He said, I, you know, this is weird. He goes, I don't know who you are. I don't even know what you look like. But I got a small part in a movie I'm doing called Coming to America. And I want to know if you'd be willing to act in my movie. He goes, I'm white. He goes, good. I want you to join my movie. A career was born not by what he knew, but by what he sowed. You guys, this is good, huh? You like that? What about, what about thinking aggressively? Jesus taught. Come on. Luke chapter 14, if you're going to build a house, build a business, build a family, think about the cost that's going to go into it. Thinking is simply asking and answering questions. You ask yourself a bad a- question, you get a bad answer. Now, why does this always happen to me? Why can't I lose the weight? Come on, somebody. Why does it always feel like there's a food baby inside of my tummy? <laughs> why don't they love me? Come on. Why aren't they more affectionate? Why won't they just do this? How many of you ask those kinds of questions? What kind of answers do you think you're going to get? 
The question that you ask the most determines your concentration or your focus. Your focus equals your feeling. You don't need the devil to mess with you and put you in a bad mood. Your own thinking puts you in a bad mood. He's messing with Russia, and you're here in Salt Lake City, and you think the devil, the devil ain't nowhere near you. The way that you talk to yourself and think is putting you in a bad spot. What if you change the question from how can I get love to how can I give love? What about from how who's going to serve me to who could I serve? What about I need my spouse to lift me up rather than I'm going to go and lift them up. I'm not just going to give them certainty that I'm going to show up. I'm going to give them variety and give them surprise. Because marriages don't die for lack of love. They die for lack of intimacy. If you do at the beginning or you do at the ending what you did at the beginning, you don't have an ending. Come on, at the beginning, you didn't care about taking out the trash. Come on, they were your lover. Hey. Come on, you would walk to the trash. Come on, let's get it on. Come on, somebody. Ten years in, no, you go ahead and do that. Come on, I've got stuff to do. Can I ask you a real quick question? What's it like to be in a relationship with you? What do you get when you show up? You all give an experience. Is it one that I want to have again? You're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Is it one that your spouse wants to have again? Maybe some of us need to shed some of our fears because our greatest fear is men and women, men, men and women, is number one, not being enough, and number two, a fear of not being loved. And if that fear gets to crep inside of our heart, we begin to isolate ourselves from the very people we're designed to love, and we begin to coexist. But love begins with me. You want your relationships to radically change and love to begin to create miracles that God can work through because faith works through love according to the word of God? Start asking yourself, hey, you know what? I'm going to take charge 100% of the relationships in my life. No matter what they do, it's not 50-50. I go in 100%, and I'm not going to grade what you do. I'm going to measure my impact by the seeds I sow, not the harvest I reap. And I'm going to stop with the expectations. I can always tell when I'm frustrated in my marriage. You get that way sometimes? Everybody has that time of the month. Come on, somebody. I realize my expectations are so high, but my appreciation's so low. Therefore, I can't enjoy her. I have to, I, I, was, yeah, I need more. Of the, I, I start asking and demanding where I'm not investing anymore, and I lose the joy. I only feel alive when I'm giving and I'm growing, not when someone's just doing something for me. But you want to catch the juice of life? You want to catch the juice of life? Find out, hey, how can I give them up? How can I light them up? How can I improve them? Ask yourself, what's the mood I want to set when I walk in that door? Well, I'm just going to see what happens when I go home. No, no, why don't you go and say, I'm going to set a mood, even if you're feeling tired. You're not what you feel. You're what you decide. What's the, what's the emotion you want to live in? If you feel less, you risk less, love less, give less, and you have a less than a life. A near-life experience. Don't live 4,000 same weeks up to 75 years old and call that a life. Smile, even if you got three teeth. You with me here? Come on. We love aggressively. Love's bigger than addiction. It's bigger than darkness. It's bigger than cancer. It's bigger than death. When I've been in Africa, and I went and pulled a bunch of kids out of the dump. That's where they live. No mama or daddy. I grabbed this little boy, Boniface, could not walk, could not talk. Sat there at all, and he was looked gray. He's on his death, literally at his end of it. HIV had taken its toll. His AIDS completely ravaged his body. In the middle of an African, under a massive tent of all these people, I picked that boy up, and everyone went, ooh. I was like, what in the world? They thought it was a shame that you would pick up someone that had that disease. I'm not told to love people in my words. I'm told to love people in my actions. If I was convicted over the last 30 days of showing love, is there enough evidence to convict me? We have a responsibility, not as believers, but as followers of Jesus to be the most loving, passionate people on the planet. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through things. I prophesy you're going to have some challenges this year. What a true prophet I am, huh? Somebody on the 15 is going to, come on, try to cut you off. Some police car, come on, might see you run a red light and you get a ticket. It was the devil. No, it wasn't. It was your stupidity. 
Don't live with a big mentality that the devil's big and your God is small. Stop giving the devil too much credit. Your faith is to live responsive to God, not responsive to the enemy. That made me feel good just saying that. You're not called to fight the devil. You're called to cast him out. That's why it's called the fight for your faith. Watch this. I'm going to help somebody. The devil, watch, Jesus already defeated him. Why are you going to fight him when Jesus already conquered him? His only goal is to steal your faith. He'll work anybody to get under your skin to make you mad at the church, mad at the preacher, mad at the giver, mad at somebody at the door, bothered by somebody of faith, to steal your faith because he knows your faith has the ability to produce for you. Well, if the devil is attacking your life, cast him out. The Bible says submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. But you can't cast out the devil you like to play with. Red, come on, this is cool, huh? Man, can I come here a little more often? This is freaking cool. I'm not joking. I like this. This is awesome. You guys are great human beings. I love this. I feel like I'm growing. I know I'm doing the talking, but I'm having fun. I'm on like three hours sleep, and this is juice. Okay. (laughs) Back to the lecture at hand. Faith is easy. <laughs> Come on, hey. <laughs> faith is easy if you focus on God's love for you. Your faith is hard when you focus on your love for him. I want you to take that in for a minute and be serious, just for a minute. Be serious. We'll get back to the humor in a minute. Your faith will fail when you're focused on how much you can love God. Because your love for God becomes shaky at times when your emotions are shaky and you see things naturally and you're working through challenging situations. Come on. But when I focus on God's love, that doesn't change. Faith becomes easy because I see how much he loves me. Then my faith starts to work for me rather than against me. Watch how powerful this is. For many, many years, I did not enjoy God. I served God. But I felt like one minute I was up, I was like meteor-minded. One minute I was doing great. The next minute I was feeling horrible about my experience and my relationship with God. This is all the while with a gift on my life that brings healing to people and knows the future for a lot of people. So this is a personal failure. But it was also an awakening for me. A sobering that Rex had to go and do. When I started thinking, I told him, I love you, what I know about you, and I've seen you do so many things. I've seen people come back from the dead. It's a 100% true story. My next door neighbor flatlined and was unresponsive before I went to the Emerge camp. It's a 100% true story. Me and my little girl with the paramedics, we prayed right there, and she came out and became responsive. Just happened two days ago. I see that stuff happen all the time. I knew a lot about God. I've seen his great character, but I wasn't enjoying him. I remember being honest with him because honesty, come on, there's power in it. And I said, I love you, I like you, but I'm not enjoying you. Can you teach me how to enjoy you? I've given my life to you. You told me this is abundant life. I don't feel the, I have, I have achievement, but I don't have fulfillment. Teach me how to enjoy you. I want to enjoy being with you. I want to enjoy the drives. I want to enjoy the airplanes. That I, I want to enjoy the funky people when they tell me to put on my mask and I can't freaking breathe. And I really would like to say some four-letter words to them that aren't fine. Don't act like you're so holy that you don't think that too. Brother, that would never think that. You're a liar. You might not use the same word I use, but you use some. But I said, God, teach me how to enjoy you. All of a sudden, that whole conversation, so my question began to see, how can I enjoy you? That question started to change my life. That means I just didn't have to enjoy him when I was fasting or praying. I could enjoy him. I could enjoy people. The more I enjoyed him, the more I enjoyed myself. Come on, most people are trying to escape themselves. 
because they don't like themselves. The enemy wants you to disqualify yourself and see yourself through your faults, flaws, and failures. And according to Acts chapter 10, two different times the Holy Spirit put in there, he says, what God has cleansed, don't call common. Whatever you name it, it becomes. If you begin to declare to yourself, well, I'm just common. I'm just average. No, you don't live with the facts of your life, with how you interpret the facts of your life. Maybe you didn't do good on a test score. Maybe you didn't lost your job. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean you're incompetent. Don't attach a temporary or a, a, a permanent meaning to something that's temporary and changeable. Maybe it didn't work out because God was getting you out of something to get you into something. Why are you going to label it that? Why don't you just say, is this an end or is this a beginning? Is this is this a miracle or is this misery? Come on. Am I breaking down or am I breaking through? The meaning you attach to something by the question you ask determines your emotional state you live out of. And whether you act bad or brilliant, it's not based on your ability. It's based on the state that you live in. To get a miracle, you, you speak miracles. You get aggressive in speaking. The Bible says if you're going to speak, speak the, mirror, the words of God. Hebrews 1, 3, and I want to say this. I didn't finish this thought in the first thing. This is one of the most powerful things I can say to you. So you get it. Ready? All eyes on me like Tupac said. Watch. All eyes on me. I don't got Christian songs in my head. I still got beats in my head. I'm working this. I'm getting better. Hebrews 1, 3, he says, God upholds or leads or builds things by the word of his power. Not the power of his word. The word of his power, not the power of his word. If it's the power of his word, that means it's only powerful when God speaks it. But if it's the word of his power, it's anybody that chooses to come into agreement with the word of a living God and begins to speak God's truth of his word, not my feelings, but his word. The same power that was in God's mouth is now in my mouth when I begin to declare this word. Let me tell you something for a minute. Some of you ought to start telling your kids, you ain't weak, you ain't little. You're going to be mighty in the land because the word of God says that. Some of you need to prophesy these kids blind. You're just not a gamer. You're not depressed. You ain't bipolar. You're not anxious. You're strong. You're a freaking warrior. You got faith inside you, hope inside you, love inside you. You're a champion. They'll rise to the level of your confession. If not, if not, look, look at me, look at me. If not, we are going to give permission for the world to molest them. What does molest mean? If you don't tell them who they are, we will release them to a society, a system of culture and school that will put their hands on them and put their voices on them and tell them what they're not. You and I have a responsibility. Man, woman, it don't matter. You're, you're a minister, you work on freaking cars, you're working a gym, or you're working something at home, you're a baker, a grandmother, an uncle, an aunt. We have a responsibility. We see young people, we tell them who they are. We prophesy life into them. Is it okay to stand on a chair in church? When I've spoken at nightclubs, they really don't care. You spoken in nightclubs? Heck yeah. <laughs> they eat it up too. Speaking a miracle. I'm gonna use a funny story. I, I, I remember I was I, I, Hugh Hefner's girlfriend had called me and she said, uh, <laughs> This isn't online, is it? I'm not gonna say any names. She goes, hey, can you hook me up and meet me up at the Cheesecake Factory? I need to bring someone off Rodeo. I was right by Rodeo, the next street over. She says, I need to bring someone to you. She runs all the houses, blues, and all these things. She's, she's in a lot of pain, and she needs a lot of help. And I'm like, okay. Two Playboy girls, sure. Sounds like a Jesus opportunity. <laughs> I wasn't married yet, so give me a little grace. My wife would be like, who's going with you? I'd known one of the girls, though, for a while, so I'd had ministry to her, and Saw demons come out of her, about eight or nine of them. Saw her get baptized in Michael Landon's backyard, true story, filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. 
she still goes back to the Playboy Mansion. She goes right before Hef, before Hef died. And she would go back there. She goes, I used to go in the bushes and do bad things. Now I take the girls in the bushes and cast out devils out of them. <laughs> it's a true story. So we show, up at the, we show up at the Cheesecake Factory, and then we got done eating, and the girl, she had like on these big braces on her arms with carpal tunnel, but it was really, really bad, like a very severe case, and that can be really painful for people, the blood constriction. And I go, hey, let's do something a little crazy. She go, I go, I know God. We're like, I'm his kid and stuff, and like I, could, I got the hookup, and like I can help you get healed. And I go, do you like being in pain? She goes, no. I think, she goes, I think I could trust you. You just seem like a cool cat. I go, I am. <laughs> Brother, that's pride. No, it's not. I just like having a healthy self-esteem. Own your own value or else you give everybody else discounts. If you misdiagnose yourself, you'll mistreat yourself. If you don't see value in yourself, you'll never add value to yourself. <laughs> made me feel good I think I just quenched any religious thing that was left so walking down I go here's the funky thing here's what we're gonna do I said I want you to take your braces off she goes but it's gonna hurt I go well it's gonna hurt anyway so just take your braces off she goes okay I say let's hold hands (laughs) I wasn't married let's hold hands and we're gonna walk and talk like we're just having a great conversation but th- what I'm going to do is I'm going to just pray and I'm going to speak words of God over you and watch what happens. Things are going to just change for you. She goes, are you sure? I go, yeah, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I'm not doubting. I'm convinced. I've got too much experience with him being a healer. I watched my own wife die on an operating bed with my hair hand in my hand. And I watched Jesus put her body, her soul back into her body when she gave birth to my daughter. I got too much conviction. Much how powerful. So we're walking down. I go, God, I thank you that you're healing her, restoring health under her. Thank you that her tunnels are opening right now. Healing's flowing to her body. I command all that pain and inflammation to leave her body. And I thank you for doing it. God, thanks for being so nice. That was my little prayer. And I go, isn't that weird how it's working and it's healing you? She goes, I feel this energy flowing through my, my arms. When you started speaking words, all of a sudden I felt this power start flowing through my arms. I started start looking. She starts weeping and bawling. Come on, I got two Playboy Playmates right next to the Rodeo Drive. Come on, they don't know anything about God, but all of a sudden someone just starts speaking the words of Jesus, not the words of man, the words of God, and the Holy Spirit, not a spirit of Rex, not a spirit of man. This ain't manpower. I'm not a Tony Robbins. How high can I build my emotion? I love him. He's awesome. That'll only get you so high. The God that you need, the God that you need, it's going to be, you need miracles on your life. You can't do it. Jesus said with men, things will be impossible, but not with God. Not with God. You want to see your life shift? Start speaking. This morning, I started speaking when I walked in my hotel after three and a half hours of sleep. I started sitting there. Rex, you are more than a conqueror. I didn't feel like a conqueror. Rex, you are the head and not the tail. You are above, not beneath. No weapon formed against you and your family shall prosper. You will be delivered from the evils of this present world. You are the righteousness of God. Rex, look, I look at myself in the mirror. You are anointed. You are anointed. I felt boldness and courage rise within me. You're never going to break the addiction to saying, oh, one day I want to break the addiction. Say, I'm breaking this addiction. I'm coming out of this mess. I'm coming out of this, and I'm coming into something. I'm coming out of family drama and coming into family peace. Pray aggressively. Can I, can I, are you, I know I'm three minutes over. Are you, I, mean, I know, I know that, but I want to be very respectful because people have fa- stuff. A couple weeks ago, I got a call. It's been in the news. It's been all over the news, actually. Got a call from a gentleman. He's an NFL player, and he calls me. He goes, uh, oh, sorry. I was just finished a business call, and I was at the top of my stairs, and I just felt like in my heart, like, I should pray for a second. I didn't know this guy was going to call me. So I prayed in tongues because my spirit knows things my head doesn't. You say, you really do that? More than I speak in English. Why? Because the Bible says you pray, you speak in tongues, you speak unto God, and you learn things, and God opens up understanding. If you never had the experience, have it. There's people that do it wrong, but there's something that's pure, and it is right. If there's people that do it funky, there are people who do it right. Is that fair? 
because I got filled with the Holy Spirit with a surfer, so kook guy in the back of a car, and he says, bro, the Holy Spirit will fill you. That's how I got filled. I started praying in tongues, and it scared me. <laughs> Became my lifeline. So I just prayed for like 10 seconds. Started praying in the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, this idea, this song came into my mind. Remember Ray Charles? Georgia, Georgia. I got Georgia on my mind. A song came in my head. I looked down at my phone. This NFL player called me. So I just thought, I'm going to mess with him a little bit when he picks up my pickup phone. I started going, Georgia, Georgia. And he goes, why are you singing that song? I go, this song just kind of came in my head right before you called. He goes, this is the weirdest thing. He goes, I am crossing the Nashville and Georgia line, and I'm literally going into Georgia right this minute. I looked down at my watch, and it was 9 o'clock, West Coast. That means it's midnight, a new day on the East Coast. I'm like, pay attention, Rex. Pay attention. This is a God thing. So we had small talk for a little bit, and I walked downstairs in my kitchen, and I go, hey, how's our friend, a famous entertainer? You would know him. If I, I'm not going to be a little cautious not to say his name today. Very, very famous. He's been in the news a lot in the last couple of weeks. And I go, how's our friend? He's totally anti-Jesus. In his late 80s, well-known, everybody from Ellen to the Kardashian, everybody, this guy is awesome. I love being at a party. You don't want to party without that guy. That guy's awesome. He's the guy you want at the party. If I do a party, I want that guy. I don't care if he's a Christian or not. I want that guy at my party. Come on, he just makes people feel good and laugh. And so I go, how's our friend? He goes, man, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. I go, did he ever open his heart to the gospel? And he goes, no, he's never opened his heart. I go, would you allow me for a minute just to pray? I feel like I should just pray for his salvation real quick that he would get to know Jesus. And he goes, go ahead. This is my prayer. And I encourage you to pray it over your family members. I said, Jesus, thank you that you're the name above every name. I break Satan's power over his life. And I said his name. And I claim that he will not leave this planet until he's born again. I thank you. According to your word, it is done. I believe it. Amen. That was it. Went on my conversation. Finished. Done. Went to bed. Got up the next morning. I was in my kitchen. And I felt God say to me, your prayers made a difference. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know anything. So I get going in my, start to get, get ready. It was 10 minutes after I'd heard that in my heart, 10, 15 minutes. That NFL player calls me, he goes, did you see the news? I go, what? So-and-so, the guy that we prayed for, his name, he died. It's all over TMZ. It's all over Fox. It's all over CNN. He died. I'm thinking, oh, snap. I just prayed for the guy. I go, find out when he died. It was between 11 and 17 minutes with the time I prayed. And I went to an, an event with people with... Tony and all these different people and I went and spoke businesses and I got done I was taking my, my little girl she likes to get her nails done come on I like those dates they're fun so she and her mom her mom my mom or my mom my wife were getting their nails done my mom too <laughs> uh, I was getting the car washed next door and I got a call from a, a pr- powerful pr- a minister on the east coast he goes I had the weirdest thing happen I just called and I hadn't heard from him for a while. He goes, you know that old man that you prayed for the other day? I go, yeah. I, Jesus told me to call you and tell you that your prayers made a difference. He goes, I woke up today and I had a vision of an older man that passed away. And Jesus stood above him four to six inches off the ground. And he opened up his robe and showed him who he was and says, do you want me? And the man said, yes, I want you. Jesus wants you to know your prayers made a difference. And he said, yes, and he made it to heaven. Your prayers cut off death. And God used it to change that man's eternal destiny. How many know when you pray aggressive prayers, things shift? Let me finish here quickly. I got to finish quickly. You receive faith that receives, faith that becomes. But also I want to get this, faith that releases. I told this in the first, but I'll, be, I'll do a quick, quick, quick thing. I was invited to Stevie Wonder's, uh, his music guy's Christmas party. They always got to invite one white guy. <laughs> and I'd had some ministry to these people and some wonderful end up from entertainers. And it was a party party. There, things were going on. It was a good party. Come on, Raphael, Sadiq, Tony, Tony, Tony. Come on. Things were, some of y'all don't know this. Some of you are like, come on. You're like Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney. I'm into that too. Come on. Don't get me wrong. Come on. I love me some country people. Come on. I minister to some of them. But I remember going to the house and I, and I was tired from traveling. I said, God, let's mess up this party and do something really, really fun. Use me in this situation to bring something to here. 
So I walked in the party. Everyone's dancing. Come on, champagne flowing. Everything's happening. I just went and sat on the couch. Come on. I didn't have the same moves that all the other brothers and sisters had. Come on. I had white moves. Come on, somebody. They're like, they didn't want Chubby Checker out there. Come on, somebody. They wanted something like, watch. I sat down there, and there was a guy with a walker. And I go, man, you look like a nice guy. You're in pain? He goes, yeah, I'm in da-da-da-da. You tell me pain. I go, are you open to the idea of me healing you? I said that because I don't know if he's a Christian or a believer or anything. And, he, you know, some people get bothered by that. But I was just asked to open the conversation. He goes, you got some powers or something? I go, I actually do. And he goes, okay. And I said, okay, give me your hand. Jesus, if you're anywhere around this cool party, come on. People smoking, people drinking. Come on, debauchery everywhere. Come on. But where sin abounds, grace abounds. See, you're an occasion for a God event. So I go, okay, I'm going to pray for you. He said, Jesus, if you're around the neighborhood, flow through his body. And he goes, I feel this heat, this energy flowing through my body. I said, stand up. Give me your hand. I pulled him up. And he goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. I go, take off and start running. He goes, like church? I go, yeah, take off running. So in the living room of the party, everyone's still partying. Homeboy starts running back and forth and doing laps. It's like, wait, wait, listen to the story. He starts running. He goes, you healed my freaking back. You healed my back. All of a sudden, a lady comes in from off the dance floor with her, wheel, not wheelchair, it was a walker. And she goes, can I get healed too? Absolutely. Free health care for everyone. Better than socialism. Come on, have free health care for everybody. Socialism sucks. It don't work. Impoverishes everybody. So I prayed for her. And she goes, I feel like I want to run too. I go, good. You got to go to the kitchen though because he's running laps back and forth here. It was like I was running a freaking track event. All of a sudden, she starts getting healed and running and crying. Jesus! You thought you was in black shirt. It was awesome. So I got the guy doing laps in the front. About 15 feet behind her, she's running back and forth the kitchen. One by one, everyone from the party starts coming in. I didn't give no altar call. I didn't do nothing. I didn't start telling about it. They just started coming and falling on their knees. Started crying, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't even have to tell them. Don't even have to tell them. Just Jesus, Jesus. They started all calling out. Then they started turning the music. Come on, it went from like Raphael Sadiq. All of a sudden it went down to, I think they turned on like, I think they were putting like Take Six. It was like a Christian group. All of a sudden they changed. People started lifting their hands and worshiping. And the guy that has the party, he looked at me like, dude, you just broke my freak. You messed up my whole party. You invited me. If you invite me, you invite Jesus in me. Things can turn out and turn wild. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.